I'm old and I, I need words. <laughs> I'll, I'll forget. Uh, I'm I'm really grateful to be here. Um, I uh, I'm fully aware that uh, as a musician, we always look to uh, feel like uh, there's a reason why we should be here. And if if I'm the if if I'm the topic here, uh, we're really we're really reaching. But uh, I, I, I'm, the more I have walked with Christ, the more the only thing that qualifies me to be here is to tell you that I am not ashamed of the gospel. And, uh, and that's it. Um, so uh, I'll tell you a little bit about what's happened in my life. I love the crowd, love the town, love the way my life's gone down, the way it has. I get to sing, chase my dream, like they say with all good things there's strings attached. Don't get me wrong, my life's a song, and you know me, I belong, girl. Where you are But from time to time It feels like I'm Trapped and somehow stuck behind This guitar Behind this guitar Just a boy who had a dream In his heart Behind this guitar is just a guy who can't believe he got this far. When I was a kid and the other kids were doing what most kids did well, there I was. Sitting on the edge of that twin bed Picking till my fingers bled Got in my blood That's not the sand in the fisher play Goof around and act my age Be home by dark But from eight or nine to right here tonight You might say pretty much Grew up behind this guitar Behind this guitar Was just a boy who had a dream in his heart Behind this guitar Just a guy who can't believe he got this far Well, I've always said that I've been blessed Why me? Anybody's guess will I don't know. But I'm well aware that the man upstairs could have answered any other's prayers and let mine go. But thanks to him, my family and friends, those who got me where I am, you know who you are. Now with that in mind, the truth is I'm not the only one behind this guitar.
that 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 song really speaks a lot. You know, uh, I was I was raised uh, by in a Christian family. My my mom and dad were devout Christians. Uh, my father was uh, retired from the military, very much a <laughs> very much a rules guy. And uh, if you know anything about me at all, you know that I, I don't much like rules. I like breaking them, but I don't much like following them. So me and my dad, uh, from an early age, we had a uh, oil and water kind of relationship. Uh, but my dad instilled within me a love for music. He, uh, he played the banjo, which I have this theory that anyone that plays the banjo is in really need of Jesus. And, and he gave you that instrument to learn to draw you to himself. And uh, it's just another one of those God's mercy kind of things. And so my dad was, he loved, he loved bluegrass music. He loved uh, Flat and Scruggs. That was it. I mean, every morning I woke up to live at Carnegie Hall, Flat and Scruggs. It's a great album. But every day of my life, I mean, every morning, every, every morning. I woke up to live at Carnegie Hall. In fact, uh, I tell a lot of people when I'm able to share um, that whenever I find that album out anywhere or CD form, I buy it and I burn it. <laughs> it's not that it's not good. It's just that I want to help someone else out there that may have had a father like mine. But, you know, my dad was one of these guys that he... Uh, I learned more about him uh, right before he passed away, unfortunately, uh, that I wish I'd have known and wish I'd appreciated at a young age. And uh, it was just the simple things. Why is it the simple things? But it, my dad was sitting around. I was at his house, and he was eating a banana. And he looked at me, and he said, uh, I've been eating bananas for 89 years, and I still like them. <laughs> and I don't know if that speaks much to you, but it spoke a lot to me. When this man liked something, he could eat it every day of his life and never lose a taste for it. That's the way he was with music. That's the way he was bluegrass. If he'd have heard Foggy Mountain Breakdown, whenever he was whatever age it came out, he could listen to that song on repeat and, and never get tired of it. So, but my mother uh, was uh, a woman of grace. She, uh, she was, uh, was kind of behind the scenes. She showed me a lot of love and a lot of grace. I, show, I, show, I, I experienced a lot of grace from my mother that I didn't feel like I had from my father because I felt like I was disappointing him through the years. But uh, what my dad did do is he instilled a lot of uh, my, my drive for music. But God gifted me at an early age to be able to somewhat figure things out musically. I, I started out with a banjo. Gosh, boy, this is a place of confession, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's get it all out. Uh, uh, I've since repented. 
<laughs> no, I, I played it last week. Uh, uh, but anyway, I, I you know I, I I was able to figure things out. My dad struggled to 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 learn how to play. He he got up every morning at about six thirty, eh, five thirty, six o'clock, and he played his banjo down in the living room until mom put a stop to it. Uh, she said, you know, you you people got to sleep. And I think she realized he just wasn't good. <laughs> you know, if it had been pleasant, she would have probably let him keep doing it. Uh, but my dad was very resourceful. He ended up, instead of, uh, you know, bucking up to her, he bought a Winnebago. And he, <laughs> he, he, he played it out in the driveway. In fact, my dad, my dad told me, he said, some of the happiest times in his life were out there in that driveway <laughs> with his banjo. But... Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, I learned how to, you know, uh, God instilled a gift within me uh, of playing music from a very early age, um, but it became my identity, and, uh, and I didn't know how to get out of it. You know, it, it's like uh, music was easy, uh, but life is hard. And I really, you know, growing up in a in a good home, my 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 dad always instilled into me to do the right thing, and and I I did my best to try to live up to those things. There's only so much I could do to, to do the right thing. Uh, the selfish side of Dennis ends up really taking over. And I I you know I was married, I was married for several years, and uh, I had a double life for a long period of time. I was. Married here, trying to be the, the good person here, but I was out on the road doing whatever I wanted to do. And as long as nobody here knew what I was doing over here, it seemed okay to me. Wasn't hurting you. This is me. You know, I'll be all right. I ain't hurting you. And it was uh, that, those choices that I made, um, and the, the dissolution of my, my marriage, that was one of the very things that, that drove me um, into alcoholism. Uh, those decisions, those really bad decisions in the way that I'd lived. And I, I'm really trying to condense a lot of my alcoholism into just, it really just comes down to, I didn't know Jesus. I just didn't. I tried to do the right thing by Dennis's power, and I had no power. I had a woman in my life I was married to that really wanted a godly husband, wanted, wanted a husband that would uh, make some good choices and be guided. I've, I've learned a lot about what God wants in a husband by not being married. <laughs> it's crazy. But I know that I wasn't. So anyway, but... Uh, I walked away. I wish I could blame the majority of my bad decisions on my alcoholism. Wish I could, but I, I can't. I, I'm the real problem. And uh, that's why I want to sing this song to you. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I might as well. But this, uh, this really gets down to the root of, of, of the problem. At the crossroads of decision, 
I've always had the choice. Many times I made the wrong turn, not listening for your voice. But there were those who point the finger at the company I'd keep. With a heart that's full of sorrow, there's no one to blame but me. Oh, Savior, save me from the weakness of my flesh. Don't let all worldly pleasures flood my soul. When pride gets me from falling on my knees, seek your help. Savior, save me from myself. Unnecessary. <laughs> My dear old dead mother taught me right from wrong. But one strong drink of liquor, a many thing but strong. And when the lovely ladies come on, smile, turns my eyes toward God. Lord, help me in my struggle, keep my conscience on the job. Oh, Savior, save me from the weakness of my flesh. Don't let old worldly pleasures flood my soul When pride gets me for falling on my knees to seek your help Savior, save me from myself Save me from the weakness of my flesh Don't let old worldly pleasures flood my soul When pride gets me from falling on my knees to seek your help Savior, save me from myself. Mm -hmm. So, so that it was a it was an eye opening thing within my alcoholism. Uh, it took a lot of it took a lot of struggle to get me to the place to realize that, that I was the problem. I'm I'm really thick and stubborn. Mine was, uh, was jail. <laughs> you know, you would think maybe a couple times a man would probably come to his senses, but I, I, was, I, was, I was your typical addict alcoholic. I, I felt like I could, keep, I could find a way to solve my problem by doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, it, it was really kind of eye-opening when I was trying to clean up some of the mess and some of the damage. This is coming into faith and realize the damage that I had uh, accumulated is to, to look back and realize that I kept making the same, literally the same mistakes and was charged with the same charges every single time that I was arrested. Uh, and, and, and it's like, and then there's like this, uh, this epiphany, like, wow, how stupid. And, 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 I was, and I tell you that because you probably have some alcoholics and some addicts in your own life. And you look at them as they're stupid. 
And, and, and quite honestly, they're just controlled. And they don't know how to, to stop. They would love to stop, but they don't know how. There's not a good enough answer in their mind to stop. And it just doesn't make sense to an alcoholic that Jesus is enough. But he is. And that's the truth. It doesn't make sense in, in my carnal mind that somehow this power greater than myself actually loves me and cares me, cares for me. Because I have created a lot of damage and I know what I've done and I know where I've been and I know who I've hurt and how in the world can God love me? You know, I recently watched, I don't know if you've seen The Chosen, the series The Chosen. But there's a, there's a scene where Peter has an encounter with Christ. It's the most powerful, it's one of the most powerful scenes I've, that I've watched on there. Is it's like when Peter falls at the feet of Jesus, he says, get away from me. I'm a sinner. That was me. How in the world could God love me? It's simple. For some reason or another, I just could not process that. And the damage that I create, how in the world, even inside of faith, come to a grips with standing before God and him, said, and him tell you, you know, good job. I couldn't imagine that. But what we've already heard today from a guy that's passed on, God wants us to be very intentional, even though I'm forgiven. He wants to open up opportunities for me to go back and heal some of the damage in my own life. Yes, I've repented. How's that happen? I can only tell you in my own life. I'm a guy that was washing dishes at a Thai restaurant, freshly out of jail, didn't know nothing. I was very new to faith. All of a sudden, I've got this job. I'm free as a bird. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to be in the confines of a cell anymore. I'm out. I know that Jesus has saved my soul. I was pretty free. Happiest time of my life. Had a lot of damage. Had a lot of mess. I still had two warrants for my arrest. Didn't know how to clean up any of that. What do you do? I just washed dishes. I went home. I sang under an air conditioner. That's what I did, because that's where I was. God started doing a work in my life. I started going to AA meetings. I started hanging out with people that knew a whole lot more than I did, taught me how to live, taught me how to be an adult, which I've gone in kicking and screaming. I do not want to be an adult. Don't want to be responsible. That's one thing Christianity's brought to me, is, is being responsible. You know, stop being a character and start building some. It's kind of interesting. So anyway, I was, uh, I was about nine months sober. I got, a, I got a phone call or a text message from Ricky Skaggs. Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, can you come out here and help me out? And I'm like, I don't need to go back on the road. I was a mess. I was an alcoholic, you know, a mess. I got prodded back out. 
I realized for the first time in my life that's exactly where I was supposed to be. God had given me a gift. I was supposed to be there. I went out there. I still had two warrants for my arrest working for Ricky Skaggs. I couldn't even drive. I was, I was riding back and forth Greyhound to Nashville, getting on, and the banjo player of all people were coming to pick me up. Boy, there's some humility. <laughs> so anyway, I'm here. I, uh, I felt a calling on my life to share my story, to be there for other alcoholics, to share whatever God's doing in my life. It, I, I didn't know how to clean up my mess. God put people in my life to help me, to guide me along. I've done very little. All I did was open, go through open doors. I had damage that was beyond measure. I stand before you today, no warrants for my arrest. That's pretty cool. I even got into Canada <laughs> for five DUIs. How does that, how's that grab you? Five DUIs got into Canada. Why? Because God wanted to prove his God wanted to prove his power through brokenness. I was diseased and I was dead. And somehow God gets some glory from a goofy guy like me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you're just as goofy as I am. <laughs> and I come into here, which the most uncomfortable I could ever be is in around uh, in, in a group of a bunch of Christians. Christians wig me out. <laughs> we don't know where we stand theologically. <laughs> and we're just, we're just all beating each other down. But I'll just tell you, one of the most beautiful miracles that God ever did for me was heal a relationship with my dad before he passed away. I'm sitting at a red light with my dad, and he looks over at me. He calls me Bug. He said, hey, Bug, you know what? He said, every time, you know, even when I was wrong, your mother stood by me. You know, I wanted to hear those words my whole life about how vulnerable he was. And, and, he, and at, the, at the end of his life, he was able to tell me everything that I needed to hear. I was able to hear these words come from him and say, I asked him who his favorite fiddle player was one time. And he said, well, you are. You know, the thing that I've been chasing my whole life to try to get the approval from him, I had it the whole time. So tell your kids how proud you are of them. Always. Let them know. And let them know that you're always there for them. But uh, quickly. <laughs> Here recently, I uh, one of the biggest pieces of damage in my life was... Uh, a broken marriage, and I walked away from a son. I hadn't seen him. Last time I'd saw him in the middle of my alcoholism when he was five years old. And uh, I just never thought that I would be able to have the opportunity to go back there. And this is how I tell you how real God is. is because I did very little to open up those doors. All I did was lay it at his feet. I had all my damage and I had all the stuff that I wanted to make right, but I didn't know how to do it. And I just had people, I had brothers like you that prayed with me. And we just laid it at the cross. And about a, uh, 
about six, eight months ago, I, somebody commented on a video that I'd done on, on YouTube, and, and the, the comment said, that guy right there would deny it, but he's my dad. There's an open door. I didn't know what to do with it. Next thing you know, my friend who uh, I'd done this video for, he called me up and says, do you think that's Sam? You think that's him? And I said, I don't know. He said, let me go fishing. Next thing you know, he'd give him my number, my email, and everything to him. We started corresponding. He asked me every hard question in the world about me, where I'd been, what I'd done, why did I do this, why did I do that. And for the first time in my life with him, I was able to get honest. Honesty, willingness, only because of Jesus. Next thing you know, you know, we kind of separated for a time. It was a lot to process. And next thing you know, I, we're playing a show in Fort Payne, Alabama, which was very close to where he lived. And he calls me up and says, uh, he says, uh, are you going to be there with Ricky in Fort Payne, Alabama? And I said, yeah. And I said, would you like to meet? And he said, yeah, let's meet up. Not only did I meet him, but you know who brought him? His mother. I hadn't seen that. I ain't seen him either one of them in 12 years. And here he's, he's standing. He's got this little smirk on his face. Looks just like me. I couldn't deny him. <laughs> but he's sitting there. He's and he and he just he says, "Do you want to be a part of my life?" <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the willingness to do that even four years ago, but somehow God did some miracle in my life. To, to draw me to himself and to his word and change me to allow me to be able to, to admit to everything that I ever did and find healing. And the most beautiful thing about that story is my right eye, I saw my ex-wife. And she was so happy. I damaged that woman beyond measure. But she was so happy to see me there. How does that happen? Jesus. That's it. So. That's why I sing this. And I'll let you go.
intentional in helping us clean up our mess. He can, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. I see it. He's become so real to me. It doesn't matter what you think or what you believe. He's so real to me. And I pray they become real to you.